Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I want to continue our message from last weekend on endurance. Pastor Matt shared before. We started this teaching last weekend. Um, I believe it's extremely, extremely timely. We're in, a, we're in a season right now where many of us are, are facing things on a personal level that we have to just press through, press through. How, how many know sometimes he doesn't rescue you out of the situation? Sometimes he takes you by the hand and walks you through the situation. And for that, we need to endure. Amen? Amen. So, last week we talked about, I want to do a little bit of a review for those that were not with us last weekend. Uh, of course, you can go online, go to our website, and go to the archives, and you can listen to the entire message from last weekend. It's there on YouTube. Uh, we talked about the disciples' experience as recorded for us in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. And while he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he, Jesus, went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there on that mountain praying. But the boat with the disciples was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary, contrary. And we talked at depth about that last weekend. And almost everybody we know at this point in time in our lives, I don't know, is going through some difficult times. Whether, that's, whether it's relationally, whether it's emotionally, whether it's financially, and everything in between. The winds of life right now seem extremely contrary, but it's only a season. There's a, there's a, there's a portion, there's a, there's a phrase in Scripture that occurs over and over again. It came to pass. You see it over and over again. Thank God it never comes to stay. It always comes to pass. And so the season that we're in right now, whether it's personally, your own personal life, whether it's corporately and your sphere of influence on a national level, okay, it's going to pass. It will pass. It comes for a while, but it goes. But right now, things seem contrary. A lot seems contrary. Um, Some people have been disappointed in life through maybe you had an excellent job before all this craziness hit, and now you're not so sure about your employment status. You know, uh, this, this whole mindset of isolation and fear has really done a number on some people's relationships, personal relationships. I'm sure you've seen it in your own relationships. It's like, um, I don't know, when, when you're constantly fed a diet of fear, doubt, uncertainty, confusion, it does something with your ability to process through the normal things of life, stuff that normally you, you'd get over real quick all of a sudden now becomes a major issue in people's homes and people's lives and people's marriages and relationships. And so uh, we need to learn how to endure. We need to develop. And, and honestly, it's one thing to learn about principles. It's another thing to put them into practice. Amen. Amen. And so now more than ever, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're watching this from home, please take this seriously. Now more than ever, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to very much be doers of the word not just hearers only. Amen? 
But it seems like if we, especially if we base our teaching on that portion of scripture in Matthew 14, you read the rest of it, it seems like, and we see through other instances recorded of Jesus' life, you can, you can look at your track record of your life with Jesus. It seems like it's in these kind of contrary times that he does some of the most impacting miracles in our lives. It's in these times of controversy and these times that are contrary, these times that seem like are full of turmoil. And that's when he really shows us his power and his might. So Jesus put them in a boat, pointed them to a, in a specific direction and said, you're going to the other side and we're going to the other side. Amen. Amen. We got to remind ourselves, though, that we've got to be committed to press forward. What we need to do is this. We need to learn how to press forward with endurance. Amen. Not just press forward, because some people just press forward and just like, 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 like living in bumper cars. How many know what I'm talking about? Bumper cars. There's a reason they call them bumper cars, okay? Because you're, you're just moving forward and you're constantly slamming through something. You're hitting somebody or hitting something. Okay, so you need endurance. Endurance will cause you to search out for wisdom. Because I don't know about you, I don't like going through life like riding through, riding through Barnegat Bay, hitting one sandbar after another. There's no fun in that. Amen? Maybe that's a better illustration. You're going along, a man in front of that boat picks up, and man, you're speeding them, boom, sandbar. sandbar and life is full of sandbars and just when you think you're making some progress bam you get snagged on something else but you got to have endurance you got to have endurance turn to somebody say you got to have endurance and and listen to me endurance is developed you don't take a pill and develop endurance you develop endurance by going through some things in life Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you're online, indicate something there in that little chat section. Hebrews chapter 12. This is, this is the foundation of this teaching, and we're going to go further with it this weekend. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and this sin which, is so, easy, which so easily ensnares us, ensnares, hooks us. And let us run with what? Endurance, the race that is set before us. And we talked a lot about this in part one. How are we going to do it? Verse two tells us, looking unto who? Looking unto myself? Looking unto my own willpower? Going to Barnes and Nobles and looking for the the latest self-help book? Well, maybe maybe Dr. Phil can teach me something. Let Let me. No, no. We're given the instruction of how to do this the right way. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured, there it is, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, here here is the reason why we need to develop endurance. It's right here in verse 3. Verse 3 can either be a tremendous encouragement to us, or it could be a tremendous exposure to what maybe we've already experienced. For consider him, talking about Christ, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, 
lest you become what? Weary and discouraged in your souls. So we want to develop endurance so that we don't become what? Weary and become what? Discouraged. Where? In our souls. In our souls. Now, we talked about this. I'm going to just go through it real quick. A weight can be a hurt, a wound, a disappointment. It's just general heaviness. Heaviness will cause you to become weary. It'll cause you to not want to keep going on. It'll cause you to say, well, that's it. I'm going to throw in the towel. I've done enough. I can't do anymore. And that's not God's will for our lives. Amen? Sin, on the other hand, is always a thought or an action that is contrary to the will of God. And if you've ever lived a lifestyle specific of dealing with one particular sin that just seems to entangle you over and over and over again, that can weary you. Yeah, a couple of people know about that. That can weary you. Okay, and if you're not careful, you can become very discouraged in your soul to the point where you'll start questioning, did anything really ever happen to my spirit? Did I really, am I really born again? Did I really receive Christ? Am I really saved? Okay, and so we're told that we can't allow weights and we need to eliminate the sin. Okay, now, look, the only time you're ever going to live a life of completely sinlessness is when we're looking at you in a box surrounded by flowers. There's always going to be opportunities to sin. There's always going to be temptation. And, and we're going we're to make mistakes, okay? But, but, but watch this now. Let it be a mistake and not an intentional thing. Amen? Amen? So the danger of weights, of entertaining weights and sin, is that we would become weary and discouraged. Remember that the battle is always in the mind. If we win here, we don't have to deal with it out here. But if we lose here, that automatically puts us on a path of falling. We're going to fall into sin. Amen? And truthfully, we fall into sin here. We walk out the sin when we allow ourselves to not get a hold of it right where it is. Because the truth is the battle is in the mind. And that is the danger that so many face right now becoming weary and discouraged and therefore do not have the endurance to run the race. You know, people, you know, I was having a conversation recently about, with someone and they were saying about how so-and-so, a certain person started out really strong and strong with God and then they, they hit this snag and kind of like been stuck in that thing. And, and, and I said, well, you know what? Thank God it's not about how we start. It's about how we finish. And uh, we believe, God, that the word of God that gets deposited in our hearts does not return void. Amen. It is going to accomplish according to what the scripture says. It shall accomplish that which is sent forth to do. And the word of God has been sent forth to do something in our lives. It, it, before, we, before we know Christ and have that experience, the word of God is sent forth to bring us to a place of salvation. There's something that God does. It just all of a sudden it clicks on the inside. And we know that we know that we know that Jesus is who he said he is, the son of God, the Messiah, the, the one who was sent to this earth to die in our place and to purchase our salvation. It just, it just, it just crystallizes. I love Isaiah 40. I think about Isaiah 40 when I think along those lines of people that I've seen in my, even times in my own life in the past where you, you felt like you were going so strong for God and then something kind of throws you out of, that, out of that groove, if you want to put it that way, out of that zone. And then you're like, man, I need to get back into this. And, and weariness can come. 
But, but thank God for promises like we have in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. I love, I love when we're asked questions in the scripture because it causes us to assess things. It causes us to take an inventory. It causes us to kind of turn inward in a way of like, yeah, let me, let, how, how would I answer this question? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Look at verse 29. Love this. He gives power to the who? The to the faint or to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Only God could do something like this. Because say, if it's said to those who have a little bit, he increases. He's saying to them that don't have anything, he's going to create it. He's going to create it. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Why? Because the youth shall grow, they're going to grow weary. They're going to be faint. And young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I don't know why nobody's getting excited because that is an awesome promise of God. We're not going to grow weary. We're not going to lose strength. We're not going to fall. We're not going to faint. Why? Because we wait on him. We trust on him. All right, just like we sang that song, I put my faith in Jesus. My anchor to the ground. Not that he's holding me back. He's holding me in place. My hope and my firm foundation. Because he never lets us down. Amen? Amen. But listen, we're not going to make it without receiving strength that is beyond our own. I don't know what it is about us. I guess even way back to Adam and Eve, we have the tendency of looking within instead of looking. In the Old Testament, it told us, look unto the hills from where my help comes from. Well, that was Old Testament. Old Testament, I had to look unto the hills. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was not given yet so that men can be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So, so in the Old Testament, we had to look someplace. But now in the New Testament for believers, that we've received Christ and he lives in us, the spirit of the living God, the one who created everything that's seen and unseen lives in me. I'm not looking outside. I'm looking from within. Come on, God, rise up, O Lord. Rise up, O Lord. Moses got a hint of it. The people of Israel would stand outside the tent when they were out in those tents on the way from Egypt going to the promised land. And they would sing a song. Oh, my God, does the church need to sing that song again? Rise up, O Lord. Rise up, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. Could you imagine two to two and a half million people coming outside and standing outside their tents and every one of them shouting, Rise up, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. And I'm telling you, when things get tough, when you feel like you've gotten to your last nerve, you need to get up, go outside, go in the backyard so nobody thinks you're crazy. <laughs> go outside on your deck or your patio, whatever it is, and just go, rise up, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. Endurance. Endurance. Because we're not going to make it without receiving strength that is beyond our own, a force from outside of ourselves. And thank God we're given this word of God. You've got your Bible. you got the word. Okay? And take it literally. There's a lot of foolishness going on right now. 
A lot of people trying to, trying to interpret things in the scriptures to make them feel good. Amen. The scriptures are not given to us to make us feel good. The scriptures are given to us to, to reveal God Almighty and his goodness to us, his commitment to us, his love for us. But look at it this way. I talked about this in part one. The word of God is, is, is God revealing his track record to us. In Psalm 103, there's a principle there that is just amazingly revealing. It says that God, listen, look at, look at, God, listen, God made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. You say, well, what's so impacting about that? Oh, no, no, no. Think about it. Moses got close enough to God. Moses was in God's face. There'd never been a man that God spoke to face to face like Moses. And so he got to know his ways. But Israel, they got to see the miracles. They saw the Red Sea part. They saw Egypt devastated because of the gods that they worship. They saw bread fall from heaven. They saw a rock split and a river come out of nowhere, but they never got to know God. They were satisfied with what he could produce, but they didn't press in, and therefore they didn't endure. And the scriptures tell us, the Bible commentators tell us that anywhere from, from when they left Eden, now remember God's a God of increase. A couple of people are getting this. God is a God of what? Increase. Increase. Don't think small. If you're a Christian, do not think small. You got no business thinking small. God's a God of increase. God is a God that wants to prosper you so that you can be a blessing to others. And so 70 individuals go into Egypt. And 430 years later, they come out two and a half to three million people. But out of those two and a half to three million people, only two of them went into the promised land. Oh, this is good. All those people were satisfied with the manna. What is it? Because that's what it means. You know that, right? Manna means what is this? And they lived on that for decades. They loved seeing God do the miracles, but they never got close Moses got to know his ways. Israel was satisfied with his acts. Now, I don't know which one you want, but it would seem to me that we develop endurance when we get to know him. Are you listening? When we get to know him. Paul, now listen, the apostle Paul starts out as Saul, Rabbi Saul, starts out as Rabbi Saul. And what happens? He meets Jesus. And he goes from Saul to Paul. And after seeing tremendous, I mean, he saw Jesus. He saw the resurrected Jesus. He received the miracle of his sight being restored after being blind for three days. He saw numerous people healed in his ministry. It got to the point where all they had to do was take cloths from his body and bring it to people who were sick that couldn't get to where he is. And diseases went and evil spirits went. Tremendous miracles. 
Yet what did he say in one of his in the letters that he wrote? That I may know him. I almost wanted to give up hope one time when I read that. I'm thinking to myself, man, if Paul is still wanting to know him, is it possible that we could ever get to that place? And the answer is yes, we can. We can. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Not satisfied with the miracles. See, what's a miracle to the natural world is just everyday life in the kingdom. And we make a big spectacular thing over it. We go, wow, I'm so surprised that God did this. Why are we surprised? He's being God. He is who he is. You remember? Moses says, when I get back there to Egypt and, and, and I talk to my brother and tell him I'm, I'm here to, to rescue you, what am I going to say if they ask you who sent you? And God said to him, what did God say to him? I am that I am. Has, you tell them, I am has sent you. I am. What, is, what, what, what does that mean, I am? What was God saying? Tell them, whatever you need me to be, I will be for you when you need me. All encompassing. Now, why am I talking like this? Because I'm trying to build endurance in us. Because when you know who's behind you. My wife reminded me of a story that took place 24 years ago. We were in between first year of Bible school and second year of Bible school. And that summer between those two years, we couldn't afford to come back to New Jersey. So we had to stay out in the Midwest in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And my mind was starting to play games with me like, what am I doing here? Is this real? Is this church ever really going to happen? Are we really going to go back to New Jersey and start a church? Maybe I should just stay here. Maybe I should just go back home. Maybe I should go back in the restaurant business. And the opportunities started to present themselves in Tulsa. I had a, had a person that I was working with, and she said, uh, we need a good Italian restaurant out here. And I'm thinking, why? How many Italians do you have in Tulsa? <laughs> and she was Italian from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And she said, listen, I own a building in town here. I'll let you open up a place. And I'm still, now I'm calculating. Okay, God, was this the plan? Did you bring me out here really to go back in the restaurant business and make it big in Tulsa? And I was struggling and almost did not, almost did not go back for the second year. But we did. Now we're in orientation, which is the first week of the second year. And I'm sitting in the auditorium. When we were in school, there were thousands, thousands. Our, our first year um, our pastor's group was over 400 people, just that one group. It was about 1,200 students just in the first year, about another 1,000 students in the second year. So picture like 2,200 people in an auditorium. And the pastor's wife is up on the platform. And I'm sitting in the chair with my head down because I'm like, what am I doing here? This is a waste of time. This isn't real. God's never going to use me. This ain't going to happen, Right? And Mrs. Hagen, Pastor Hagen's wife, is pacing up and down the platform. The platform was about 150 feet, 200 feet long, you remember. And all of a sudden, she stops. I got my head behind the pew in front of me like this. And all of a sudden, she stops and she goes, Joe, 
I am that I am has sent you. And you could just imagine the tears and you can imagine. And, and, and then I don't know who Mary was, but she was dealing with the same thing. Because then she goes, Mary, I am who I am has sent you. And then she asked for people that were discouraged to come down to the front. And man, I just made a beeline. Bam. Right then. And crying snot all over the place the whole bit. If you let him, he knows how to develop endurance in you. If you let him, if you turn to somebody, say, if you let him, he'll develop endurance in you. Are you getting this? But you're going to have, you might have to go through some battles sometimes because you don't develop endurance by sitting at home in the corner. You getting this? So the word of God is where we develop our endurance, the word of God. Why? Because the word of God is him revealing his track record to us. It's him saying, this is what I did for Noah. This is what I did for Moses. This is what I did for Joshua. This is what I did through Joseph. This is what I did for Daniel and the other three guys that had to go in the furnace. Let me ask you this question. You think those three guys that went in the furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the furnace is lit seven times hotter than normal. Do you think they came out different than when they went in? But most of us would have went, um, you're going to throw me where? And you're going to heat it up how much? What was that you wanted me to do again? They developed endurance. I guarantee you they walked different when they came out of that furnace. But it wasn't because of the strength that they did. It wasn't because of the strength they went, come on, let's just hang out together. You know, there's, there's strength and unity in numbers. No, somebody showed up in the flames. Somebody else showed In fact, the king, pagan king, who didn't know God, wasn't a descendant of Abraham. He said, didn't we throw three people? Didn't we throw three guys in the furnace? He says, I see a fourth one walking around. And he looks like the son of God. Now, let me ask you this question. If they didn't go in the furnace, would they have ever had that experience? No. Stop running from the furnace. Stop running from the furnace. Endurance requires a power greater than ourselves. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Bible. Because the Amplified Bible does what? amplifies <laughs> verse 13 i have strength for all things in christ who empowers me now paul wouldn't have said it that way but it translates that way in greek paul would have said i have strength for everything that's coming at me because the messiah himself lives on the inside of me he empowers me i am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who i love this who what infuses me with inner strength. Amen. All, you, all you people that love your little, what do they call those oil things? What is that? What is it? Yeah, but what do you call, that? What do you call those oils? Essential. That's the only thing that made it through the COVID thing that still stayed essential. And you like that? You, what do you do? Do you dump a whole gallon? Do you dump, what do you do? Do you dump a whole gallon? No, you put a couple of drops. Why? Because it infuses the atmosphere. 
Get that, get that in you. Christ in you infuses you with strength. He said, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. He didn't say I'm self-sufficient dot. He said I'm self-sufficient in, in, in who? Christ. In Christ's sufficiency. Amen. Now, now, now listen. Hebrews chapter 12 sounds a whole like, like James chapter 1, verse 21. Let me go back to Hebrews 12 again. Because what, what are we trying to avoid? We are try, trying to develop endurance so that we avoid being, becoming what? Weary and discouraged in our souls, right? So it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Let's go to James. James chapter 1, verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness, an overflow of wickedness and receive with what? Meekness, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Original language, the engrafted word, engrafted. When you engraft something, you take the best of something that's outside of you and you make it become part of who you are so that you produce out of that new relationship not out of the old. Amen? Amen. Hebrews said, lay aside every weight and sin. James says, get rid of the garbage so the word of God will take first place in your life. Okay, listen. Truth always prevails over lies. When you and I begin to believe lies, we become weary. We become discouraged. The enemy uses lies to weary us and to discourage us in our souls. God uses his word to develop endurance within us. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Hope. Verse 5 goes on to say, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. Amen. Colossians chapter 1. Let me give you another scripture here before we wrap this up. Thought I was going to be able to finish it. We'll, we'll, we'll be okay here. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. What are we talking about? We're talking about developing endurance through what? Through the word of God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Verse 10, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. Let me ask you a question. If you develop a life of endurance, do you think that's going to please God? Yes. 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 So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have what? Great endurance and patience. Can't forget patience. Because without patience, there's no endurance. Patience, 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 patience. Because it's growing in the knowledge of God that brings endurance. 
And endurance comes from the word of God because truth strengthens us. Truth strengthens us. Beware. I'm going to wrap this up. Beware that you do not develop the attitude that we're seeing in so many today in the Christian world. Where the scriptures say one thing, but I kind of feel like it's, it's probably like, no, no, there's no probably and there's no feeling. And it's, no, no, no. The word means what it says and says what it means. It is not sub. You don't get to write your own Bible. Well, pastor, the way I see it. Well, pastor, I feel like. Oh, your feelings are going to put you in the grave early. You can't go by feelings. You cannot go by feelings. And our entire society right now is based on what? Feelings. That, that it, if something don't change, the national anthem of the United States is going to be that old song. Feelings. Feelings. Emotions. My hurts, my wounds, my issues. Come on. The word is the word is the word. Can't substitute your feelings, your opinion for the word. That is the very foundation of our faith. If, if, if this might help you, when you're tempted to disagree with the word or tempted to want to give your own interpretation or tempted to pull a verse out altogether and not even go in that direction anymore. Think about the thousands and the thousands and the thousands who gave their life for the word. Think about those who suffered persecution even to this day, even now. Think about those. Think about the blood that was shed to protect the word. And let that, let that infuse you with strength to say, yeah, I don't understand it 100%, but this is what the word of God says. This is the will of the Father. This is the foundation of our faith. Anybody with me? Let's pray. Father, thank you, Father, for taking us even further in this subject, Lord. Thank you for giving us more understanding, Lord God. Thank you, Father God, for the word that you've preserved for us all these thousands of years, my Father. Thank you that we're not left here like orphans in this earth. You've given us your written word, but you've also given us your spirit who leads us and guides us into all truth of the word. And so, Father, we ask you to continue developing endurance within us. We'll, we'll, we'll cooperate We'll yield ourselves to you, Father. Holy Spirit, come and do the work that you need to do to get us to a place of even stronger and more effective endurance, God. Because we trust you. And because we rely on you. Because our dependence is totally upon you, Father. And we know that you're faithful. And we know that you never have failed us yet. And we know, Father, that you never will. But you said you'd never leave us, you'd never forsake us. You're always with us. And so we thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for developing endurance within us. Thank you for being patient with us, Father, in the times that we've failed. 
Thank you for your Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.